Hello, and welcome to the Language of Friendship, where every week we comprehend friendship and literature. Today we'll be jumping further into the subject in a classic and timeless novel by Harper Lee. The novel shows the darkness of the 1960s in Southern America. The topics of racism, family, feminism, and friendship play a key role in this book as Scout and her older brother, Jem, discover what kind of town they really live in. The friendship between them and the town vary from kids their own age to elderly ladies and the recluse that is Boo Radley. You guessed it, we'll be looking through to kill a mockingbird. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Katie. And I'm Caitlin. Keep on listening as we dive deeper into friendship in the novel To Killing Mockingbird on the Language of Friendship. Warning, spoiler alert. There will be spoilers in this podcast. This week on the Language of Friendship podcast number one, we will discuss the friendships in To Kill a Mockingbird. The subject of friendship plays a key role in this novel, and it changes how the characters interact with each other. Some questions to consider while tuning in are, would Scout be a different person if Miss Maudie wasn't there for her when Jim and Scout were excluding her? Do you believe that if Copernia acted more like a maid rather than a mother, that Jim and Scout would grow up differently? Do you believe that if Atticus became closer with his children, would that impact their personalities? Another example of friendship that takes place in To Kill a Mockingbird is between Atticus and his children. Throughout the whole novel, To Kill a Mockingbird has a diversity of friendships between all the characters, including strangers and families. Atticus, the father of Scout and Jem, creates many friendships in the book. Scout, Jem, and Atticus have a quality that differs from being a family. Atticus cares for his children like any other father, and his children find him satisfactory. He played with us, read to us, and treated us with courteous detachment. Unlike most fathers, Atticus doesn't connect to Scout and Jem strongly, but he knows that they can manage on their own. Atticus shows that he wants his children to understand the real world. He wants them to know what they want to know, instead of him not telling them for their protection. Atticus wants the best for his children, and while talking to his brother, Uncle Jack, he tells him, I hope and pray I can get Jem and Scout through it without bitterness and most of all, without catching Maycomb's usual disease. Atticus also wants his children to believe and trust him, especially in hard times with Tom Robinson's case. I just hope that Jim and Scout come to me for their answers instead of listening to the town. I hope they trust me enough. Atticus doesn't expect his children to trust him because he's their father. He wants to be able to earn their trust instead of forcing them to give it to him. All right. Moving on to our first friendship between Jem and Scout. Scout embarrassed and annoyed Jem, just like any friend would. This is shown when Lee wrote, Jem was careful to explain that during school hours I was not to bother him. I was to stick with the first grade, and he would stick with the fifth. In short, I was to leave him alone. With Jem's love of sports and him growing up, he is not particularly friendly to Scout. However, Scout and Jem discover gifts in a tree. Finding things time after time in the tree helped build up their relationship when they had something in common. Every day they checked that tree for a present to the both of them and were always sharing in kind to each other. Despite Jem being easily annoyed, he is always there for Scout like any good friend would be. After Scout and Jem found and stopped an angry mob going after their father, Scout got into Jem's bed to be comforted. She explained, The full meaning of the night's events hit me, 
and I began to cry. Jem was awfully nice about it. For once he didn't remind me that people of nearly nine years old didn't do things like that. At the end of the novel, Jem did everything in his power to protect Scout, and their friendship will last forever. Another key friendship in To Kill a Mockingbird was the friendship between Dill, Scout, and Jem. The friendship between Dill and Scout can really be seen when he proposed to her. The three acquaintances spent every summer together, and Scout even thought that summer wouldn't be summer at all without Dill, as shown from an excerpt from page 154. The fact that I had a permanent fiancé was little compensation for his absence. I had never thought about it, but summer was Dill by the fishpool smoking string, Dill's eyes alive with complicated plants to make Boo Radley emerge. Summer was the swiftness with which Dill would reach up and kiss me when Jem wasn't looking. The longings we sometimes felt each other feel. With him, life was routine. Without him, life was unbearable. I stayed miserable for two days. Summer wouldn't be summer without Dill alongside them. And when he was gone, Scout and Jem were extremely bored. In the novel, To Killing Mockingbird, main characters Jem and Scout have friendships that go beyond people their age or their father. Since the mom has been dead for the past several years, Atticus hired Calpurnia to take care of his children and his home while he was at work. And despite their differences in age and social status, Calpurnia and Scout became friends. In the beginning of the novel, Scout went to school and was punished for being literate at age six. Scout blamed Calpurnia since she was the one who taught her how to uh, read and write. Quote, I told Calpurnia just to wait. I'd fix her. One of these days when she wasn't looking, I'd go off and drown myself in Barker's eddy, and then she'd be sorry. Page 33. Scout is angry at Calpurnia for getting her in trouble. However, Calpurnia responded uh, to Scout by telling her that it was good that she was literate at such an early age. Calpurnia is a good friend because she is patient, and she tells Scout right from wrong. A little bit later in the novel, Scout is abandoned by Jem and Dill, so she visits Calpurnia for company. Quote, Baby, said Calpurnia, I just can't help it if Mr. Jem's growing up. He's going to want to be off with himself now, doing what our boys do, so you come right in on in the kitchen when you feel lonesome. We'll find lots of things to do in here. Page 153 to 154. Capernia is very understanding about Scout's situation and is ready to spend time with her. Calpurnia is patient, she's understanding, she takes care of Jem and Scout, and she's a good elderly, uh, older friend. She teaches them right from wrong, and she hangs out with them like a good friend, even when times are hard for her as well. The next friendship dis we're discussing is the friendship between Miss Maudie and Scout. She takes time to bake cakes for Jem and Scout and also allows the children to play in her yard. But Miss Maudie's friendship goes much farther than just cakes and playtime. When Jem and Dill left Scout because she was a girl, Scout would spend her time with Miss Maudie. One day, Scout tells the story saying, when she grinned, she revealed two minute gold prongs clipped to her eye teeth. When I admired them and hoped I would have some eventually, she said, look here. With a click of her tongue, she thrust out her bridge work, a gesture that cemented our friendship. Scout tells, Scout even tells her that she's the best woman she knows. 
What would have happened to Scout if Miss Maudie wasn't there for her when Jem and Dill abandoned her? Without Miss Maudie, Scout could have changed dramatically not having the support of her friends anymore. To Kill a Mockingbird took place in the 1930s, which was about the time when the Great Depression was taking place in the United States. This time was especially hard for the Negroes who were struggling to find jobs. Capernia, a black woman, is one of the main characters with divergent qualities. Despite being a black working for a white household, she holds a deep trust and loyalty to the family. Capernia has not only received trust from Scout and Jem, but she healed a relationship with Atticus deeper than any kind of simple trust. Atticus doesn't treat Capernia like a slave. He treats her like his eagle, like he does for everyone around him. He doesn't mind the color of her skin or what position she is in. When Atticus's sister, Aunt Alexandra, comes over to visit Jem and Scout, she notices that Capernia still helps Atticus around the house and complains that they don't need her. Atticus responds sternly to his sister that Capernia is not leaving the house until she wants to. Atticus also expresses how he trusts Capernia with everything he says and does, even though they are not family. Atticus also shows how thankful he is to have Capernia as a faithful member of this family, and how I couldn't have gotten along without her all these years. Calpurnia doesn't only prove the friendship between Atticus and herself, but she also shows the examples of how some whites oppose discrimination, highlighting that Atticus still treats her as he would treat his friend, and how he easily mentions how much Calpurnia does for them. Calpurnia is an interesting yet loyal friend to Atticus and his family. She would help Atticus with his children when he's not there, also going above her expectations. This friendship may be the hardest one to detect in the novel. So in the beginning of the novel, Dill, Jem, and Scow are interested in the affairs of their mysterious neighbor, Boo Radley. From what they have heard, Boo Radley was a mischievous kid who stabbed his father in the leg with scissors. After the parents passed away, Boo and his brother Nathan lived alone in Ahana's house, from which Boo never left. This mysterious figure is a fascination to the children. They would make dares at each other to run to the house and even attempted to send Boo a message through a letter stuffed through a loose shutter. Shortly after their escapades, Scout and Jem discovered something in one of the oaks in the Radley front yard. Quote, Jem and I were trotting in our orbit one mild October afternoon when our knot hole stopped us again. Something white was inside this time. I pulled out two small images carved in soap. One was the figure of a boy, the other wore a crude dress. Pages 79 through 80. The figures of the children covered in soap was just one of the multiple gifts that Boo gave to the children indirectly. Though Boo and the children never really spoke or even saw each other, they were giving to each other, which is what, it's part of a friendship. Uh, closer to the end of the novel, on Halloween night, Jem and Scout were making their way home through a pitch black night when a drunk man wanting a revenge on Atticus attacked them. Jem uh, courageously attempted to protect Scout at the cost of getting his arm broken. This attack was happening directly in front of the Radley place, and so Boo ran out and helped the children. Quote, the man was walking with staccato steps of someone carrying a load too heavy for him. He was going around the corner. He was carrying Jem. Light from our door framed Atticus for an instant. He ran down the steps, and together, he and the man took Jem inside. Page 352. It is possible to believe that Boo rescued Jem and Scout because of their friendship early in the book. Throughout the whole book, there were many characters who were being mistreated, 
but Boo Radley only stood up for Scout and Jem. And that's what friendship is, standing up for each other and looking after each other. At the end of the novel, Scout reflected on her friendship and she thought, quote, Boo was our neighbor. He gave us two soap dolls, a broken watch, and a chain, a pair of good luck pennies, and our lives. But neighbors give in return. We never put back into the tree what we took out of it. We had given him nothing, and it made me sad. Page 373. Though their friendship was far from ideal, they were one of the most innocent and simple friendships in the novel. To Kill a Mockingbird is a fictional novel, but some aspects relate to events that really happened. For example, in Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech, he says, I have a dream that one day, one day, right here in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. Martin Luther King wanted the African Americans to be accepted and treated the same. Dr. King was not a stranger to all the injustice and challenges that African Americans had to face. Just as Scout starts to see the unfairness and injustice of being forced to refuse friendship to, an Af to African Americans. Scout wanted to visit Calpurnia and Alexander tells her no, tells her no, stating you may not on page 154. Scout's confusion continues when her third grade teacher, Miss Gates, talks, uh, talked about the hate, the hate of Hitler in class. Scout asks, I heard her say it's time somebody taught him a lesson. They were getting way above themselves, and the next thing they think they can do is marry us. Jem, how can you hate Hitler so bad and then turn around and be ugly to folks right at home? Many times, Mrs. Gates expressed it was not okay to pers persecute anyone, but that is what was going on against African Americans during this time. This was Martin Luther King Jr.'s fight. He states in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. He says, this meaning you remember the betrayals of the people close to you over the hurtful actions of enemies. He is trying to say that America was the land of the free, so why had it become everything but free, and why were his fellow Negroes not standing up for the rights they should be given? This is the same topics To Kill a Mockingbird takes on also. It hurts more when a friend betrays you than when an enemy hurts you. And why was it okay to treat African Americans the way they were being treated? This week on The Language of Friendship, we talked about the friendships present in To Kill a Mockingbird. I discussed the sibling friendship between Jem and Scout and the importance of Miss Maudie's friendship to Scout. Elizabeth went through the friendships between Calpurnia and the children and the friendship between Boo Radley and the children. Rachel examined the friendships between Scout, Dill, and Jem, and connected To Kill a Mockingbird to the real world. And Caitlin went deeper into the friendship between Atticus and Calpurnia, and the friendship between Atticus and the children. Thanks for tuning in this week on The Language of Friendship. podcast you just heard was recorded with Anchor. If you want to make your own, download the Android or iOS app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast. That's anchor.fm slash podcast.